Hi, everyone. Welcome to DevOps Decrypted, the show where DevOps is what we're here for. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm here today with Jobin and Rasmus and John and a special guest, Sandesh Kumar, who works as a engineering manager here at Adaptivist Group. Welcome, everyone. Hello. 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 All right. We're going to start today off by talking a little bit about an event that we had recently called Adapticon. Uh, John, why don't you give us a little overview of what that is and what it entails? Um, yeah, so Adapticon was kind of our internal conference, like um, where we gave uh, we, we gave space for people to talk about kind of whatever they whatever they like, um, uh, some of the some of the interests them, um, something that might inspire something with 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 colleagues. Um, and we and we did it over a two week period, um, so we you know we're, we're a global global organization. You, you can't stick a pin in a in a calendar and get everybody in the same place all at the same time. Um, so we kind of spread it spread it over over two weeks. Um, had talk talks talks going on, and um, you know tried to just create a space for as many people to. Um, Share that, share share their ideas, and and to listen to ideas from from around around around, around the organization. So, yeah, it's kind of an in, internal conference, but you know, in in the adaptivist way. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was, it was fun. I think the best thing I like about this initiative is there is just so many different types of talks happening. You know, there there was one from Simon. There's there, there were a few from technical folks, non-technical folks. It was so interesting. I wish I could join all of them. And I do have actually a task to go through some of the interesting ones. But obviously, work comes in the way. Uh, having said that, the ones that I attended, I was like so, so happy that I did. I, I just didn't have the time to attend all of them, but I'll, I'll hopefully catch up on most of it. Yeah, to give you some idea of the scale of it, it was, there were seventy talks across the two weeks. So, so being you know being you know kind of going to the mall is pretty much impossible. But um, yeah, is yeah, it was a lot of content. Yeah, I, I felt like you know looking at the AWS reinvent agenda, like you have so many parallel tracks going on, and you're like confused where should I go, <laughs> right? And this was actually pretty much similar. But again, the good thing is it's all recorded, so you can actually go back and watch some. So that was really good. So brilliant initiative, and uh, I know John, you put in a lot of effort uh, in the background, setting this up and uh, doing it. Uh, so maybe maybe you can talk. Talk us through the effort that was required to set this up. I mean, how did you even um, come up with all these seventy talks? Was there any screening criteria? Well, I mean, this, this was—I mean, it was a whole team that did this. You know, there's uh, um, it's very much not just me. Um, it's a team team uh, behind it, um, and we basically we 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 decided we wanted to do it. Um, after some some of the conversations that we had at our kind of like end, end of year celebration meet meetups, there was a there, there was a couple of a couple of people were talking about how hey we you know we should sh showcase some of the talent. Um, we did something very similar um, a few years ago called SpringCon, um, but it was a much smaller scale at, th at that point. And so there were people like hey we should do that again we should do that again. Um, so that kind of kicked off the that kind of kicked off the off 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 the idea. Um, uh, so we put out a survey to kind of gauge interest. It was like, it's, you know, it's all well and good. A few people being enthusiastic about it, but you know, is there actually appetite for it across the organisation? Um, and 
that the the answer came back yes there's appetite um and then we we kind of put together a call for papers um for get, get speakers to submit um and and then kind of essentially just cobbled together um the 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 the, the um sort of a calendar and and uh and things and maybe and we didn't really get we didn't get the schedule out in in, in time and some of it was a bit of a shambles um sort of organization wise i would, I would say but it, it kind of didn't it mattered and it didn't matter at the same time um but, but that was yeah putting it, putting it all together. But one one of the things we wanted to be able to do was put on as many talks as we possibly could. Um, so we initially we were thinking about just doing it for one week, but the number of talks that came through and just if we were going to select between them, uh, it was just too hard. <laughs> there was so much quality stuff. So um, it, yeah, we did, we decided to put on put it over over two weeks and then. Um, and have it yeah and and say yes to everyone so there was there was no one that we rejected um there, there were a couple of people who couldn't who couldn't talk for it for, for various reasons but there was yeah we tried to accept accept as many as possible so uh, maybe this is like picking out your favorite child which is tricky but what were your favorite talks john uh so say um sandy did a, did a talk on like dungeons and dragons and why you know it, you know, you should give it. You should give it a go. And I, I don't. I don't play role play games. I don't, um, it's it's not it's not something that's generally in my, my interest. But I'm like thoroughly inspired to go and to go go and give it a go. Because uh, um, uh, the the way that she talked about it, kind of passion and uh, um, and and like the link to like kind of self improvement uh, and the, the sort of things was that was it was kind of yeah that that was really 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 cool. Um, but I also I also liked um uh there, there was another there was another really kind of fun one about hooking up a, a beer pump uh to a Jira board, which was just brilliant. Um and uh yeah, so I kind of thinking, hey, can we come we should we should get that in in all of the offices. <laughs> yeah, that one was fantastic. And I have a little side interest in doing something like that. So I thought that was really cool. What, one of my favorite ones was the uh, one about AI bias, which he mentioned that it was like a five-week course. I was like, I need that five-week course because that's really interesting to me because um, my background is in like humanities. And so bringing in stuff that belongs in humanities along with tech was really cool. And I thought it was, I thought it was superb. Yeah, I mean, again, as I was saying, there were multiple ones. It's 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 definitely like picking up a favorite child. I mean, I was actually going through the talks, and there was this one from Simon where he talked extensively about the way adaptivist is today as the adaptivist group and where we are going, the kind of direction that we are setting, which I thought was very useful. It, it, it was, in fact, happening at the same time my team call was. So I actually told the team, you know, yeah, don't bother listening to me. Let's go and uh, listen to Simon. So we all did that, which was very <laughs> a wise decision, I would say. Uh, but then there were other talks, like more technical ones, like uh, probably the one that we will be focusing on today. But at the same time, there was, for example, there was this Kubernetes talk from uh, Gobal from my team about how to scale um, GitLab on Kubernetes and things like that. Um, so there were these various 
I think I think there was a variety of topics. There was one about um, leadership. Uh, I forgot who it was, but I didn't get to say it. But there was a call out for that uh, in our team channel about that particular talk, and you know, urging everybody to go and listen to that particular talk. So I, I think that's what uh, was very much interesting about this adaptacon. How about you, Rasmus? You asked the question. Did you have a favorite one? Sure, I did. There are several more, you know, interesting ones, lots of interesting topics, lots of AI stuff, naturally. And I like those talks. The one I will I will call out as my favorite is actually on behavior-driven development. And in partly because it was done by uh, John Kern, and both of us also work on hobby projects. So we share some things there. And also the thought of like working those into dog food and internal projects and those kinds of things. And targets for these kind of, of neat technical topics that can be hard to really justify, especially as consultants, but even just as, as a regular developer, something like business, uh, sorry, something like behavior-driven development can take a lot of time and sort of like a mind shift to get into. And that's hard to do if you're trying to do consultancy on some sort of like write a plugin or something like that. But on hobby projects, you can do that and like really enjoy it. But that still doesn't fix the thing that as neat as BDD is, it's it's a lot of, of stuff and, and testing in general is, and it, it often doesn't get a lot of attention. So towards the end of it, I was sort of raising, hmm, how, can you have AI help you write these tests, but have it be meaningful rather than just like arbitrarily test that the same 42,000 numbers plus the other 42,000 numbers result in the same number? That's like, huh. But could you actually feed, you know, a given when then to an AI that knows enough about the code for to how to express those in code? I think that would be neat. So I'm hoping to come out of that with with more and some navigation to uh, go other neat places. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, John, I had one more question. I'm I'm sorry to put you on the spot again, but uh, you you have organized a few conferences like this already. You mentioned about the SpringCon. The AdaptaCon now. Um, are there any learnings for our uh, listeners to take away uh, from this? You know, would you have done anything different? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's it's great time. We literally just come off the retro the retro retrospective for for the uh, for the the sort of the, the event. So um, <laughs> um, there's a there's kind of a bunch of things. I think one of the things that we um, deliberately did was remove constraints on speakers and make it clear like that you can talk about anything and everything um and so i i i think if you're tempted to do that for an, an internal conference i would thoroughly recommend it because it, it it really kind of you got that that variety of um of, of, of things uh of, of kind of opinions and perspectives the the other the other thing um is is make sure that the talks are short enough so that it's not and over and over you're not over committing people in the um for um coming and attending lots of them so we, we we basically put only half hour slots for things which some people were a little bit you know that they would have rather they'd have rather a longer time to talk but actually the focus time means that you're respecting people like attending and you can have you have to work on your talk a bit more to get it down to that you know 20 minutes plus 10 minutes questions um i think so that'd be the two things but i would just encourage any any organization any anybody who's thinking about doing is it's such a it's a great thing to give that platform for 
your you know for, for the, the talented people that make up your staff because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're, we're you know we're, we have a bunch of talented people at adaptivist group but it's a leisure, but uh, you know we don't we don't we don't hold the monopoly on uh, on, on talented people um and and giving giving people a platform um to to share i think is is like is is great for the development not just of the people speaking but for the for the whole uh, the, the whole whole of the organization yeah that makes total sense and speaking of talents i think we have got one such talent um in the podcast today sandesh welcome yeah thanks thanks jovan and that's a that's a huge introduction i don't know it's it's true but uh, thank you i mean we, we, we don't we don't mince our words do we um <laughs> So hey Sandesh, do you want to describe real quick what you do at Adaptivist? Uh, uh, hi Rasmus. Uh, so I'm I'm an engineering manager at Adaptivist. Um, um, I manage um, the quality engineering function uh, mainly within the product engineering uh, business units. And also uh, last year uh, I started managing the cloud foundation team, which is responsible for building the the cloud platform our product teams build on top of. Sandesh, uh, w- would you like to speak about uh, the AdaptTechon talk that you did and uh, what the topic was? Yeah, sure. Uh, so before that, um, I want to just say how good it was being part of AdaptTechon this year. Uh, it, it it was special just because of all the the new companies that are part of group now, uh, Adaptivist group, and we have a big team in 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 Malaysia who are taking part uh, for the first time in in such a conference. and this was a bit more inclusive than the previous ones because now we had sessions in the morning sessions in the evening covering different times and so this it, it was really special um still so the 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 talk i did uh, i did a couple of talks but the one i'm i'm going to talk about today was is about um, how uh, ai uh, will play a play a key role in the future of quality engineering well that that seems like a lot of topic again uh, ai is in the news for everything um so let's yeah i mean testing uh rasmus already mentioned about behavior driven development i mean probably a has a role to play there as well um speaking of you know your your talk in particular so what aspects of the testing did you cover in terms of using ai yeah so uh i was trying to be a bit more generic here uh, i was not trying to um uh i was not trying to be uh i mean talking about a specific field in in quality engineering but uh, how ai can play uh, help us uh, evolve quality engineering as a whole uh, so, so i i touched upon uh, how ai can be used for data generation how ai can be used for um, identifying edge cases and uh, by by using natural language processing how it can help you understand the user stories and and explain it to you in a better way so that you can actually come up with scenarios to test it right? these are some of the things that as quality engineers you depend on uh, to generate uh, useful or effective uh, test cases or test scenarios to, to test the product so you, you have a big team um, right and uh, do you use any of this right now in in the work that you do today so um yes uh what uh, we have been doing since earlier this year when uh, chat uh, gpt was uh, made available for for the entire company um, I, uh, i i've been encouraging the the team with the wider quality engineer engineering team to start using 
um, ChatGPT to explore how it can play a role in our workflow. Some of the things that uh, that the team uh, has been using uh, this uh, is for uh, identifying test scenarios, uh, generating test uh, strategy, test plan, um, even even working uh, as a paid programming tool. Right? You ask if you are if you encounter uh, issues while writing test uh, scripts, you can ask it a question. These are some of the use cases that we have been using uh, AI for. There was a talk in Adapticon, which uh, being a bit biased was one of my favorite uh, talk of Adapticon, uh, where uh, uh, quality engineers in KL, uh, Amal, Mafuza, and Anna uh, talked about how they are using AI in their day-to-day -day workflow, uh, which is actually very interesting. There are a few things that they discovered uh, while while using AI. Yeah, I thought that was a, that was a great like kind of example of the uh, like people used picking up a tool and you know, integrating it into their workflow so they can do more like, and 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 gonna get get down to the bits that um you know the real value that that, that they bring to the to the yeah. uh, the testing um things. Yeah, I thought they yeah, I agree with that yeah. was a good talk early early. And, and 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 the cool thing about that presentation was that the entire the, the presentation was also generated by AI. <laughs> so all the, the script, the 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 slides they use the ChatGPT to give them inspiration, and that that was neat. Very interesting. Uh, so coming back to testing, it it looks like one of the key touch points in that talk was you know predicting uh, defect patterns, right? Um, again, it, it's an interesting topic. I mean, when you think about it, one of the problems that we have today is you know the, the, there's chunks and chunks of logs and you know there's no way a human can go through all of those logs and you know come up with hey these are the uh, these are the defects that we have and then predict a pattern based on that do you think you know going forward AI can potentially do a better job in you know predicting that defect pattern going going forward I, I yes i think so uh, but i don't think it's going to replace what we have um i think it will um enhance uh, how how we do things uh, we, the way i see ai and the way i've been encouraging the team to use ai is think about it as a tool another tool that we use and we need to learn to use the tool to make our work more efficient better uh, so the answer is yes it will make make things easier uh, uh, quicker for us to get things done but you still need someone with the domain expertise sitting there analyzing the results that come out of ai and make informed decisions so it's just about it's probably it's about it's like using it as a sounding board or a, or a way to seek guidance and then use your own uh, intelligence to act you mentioned a as a tool that's an interesting one so do you see another tool coming into the midst just to enhance that a features or do you see all the tools that you're using today we incorporate more a into their their functionalities so those tools will do the hard work i think i think there will be a lot of uh integration happening with ai uh, we, we are already seeing just uh just talking about quality engineering there are companies that there are entire companies building or integrating ai into their existing tool set like um, I don't know. Uh, there's a company called test i am um, and what they do is they uh they have ai predicting or generating test scenarios based on uh, existing test cases or or uh, the application usage. Um, then there are uh, automated uh, tools uh, which can self-heal 
based on if there is a change to the UI, it can automatically fix the fading test based on the changes. So there is there's already such things happening, but I think it's going to be more and more going forward because it's it just makes it easier for us to do more things with with uh, with this integration. I, I'm just rewinding what you just said. So there are tools that will actually develop test cases, but then they will also look at the test cases, see the failing test cases, and then go fix the code. That sounds like people, uh, doing the job of what we are doing today. <laughs> uh, yes, it, the answer is yes, but uh, there are still limitations. Uh, it, it needs to understand the context. Uh, sometimes there are, there are chances that it might get things wrong, uh, but I, I'm sure it's, it's going to evolve uh, and, and, and get over it. I was also very curious about specifically what sort of tools out there you're seeing, what kind of integrations you're seeing that helps this, because as much as I would wish to ask, so, hey, what's the prompt I can feed to chat GPT to generate perfect BDD for my entire hobby projects? I probably need to go in there and figure out that, okay, I can copy paste things from chat GPT back and forward, but what kind of like in IDE or other similar assistants that use AI as a tool, as you say, should I be looking for? So if you're just talking about BDD, I don't, I'm not sure if there are any. Uh, I did actually, I did a, a POC using OpenAI uh, APIs and created an app, Forge app uh, on, on Jira, which the idea behind that was it will read the story description and it will generate test cases for you uh, or tests or acceptance criteria or test scenarios. And all I was doing was prompting it to do that. So. If I can, if I'm able to think about it, I'm sure there are tools in the market doing the same. Uh, I haven't encountered one, but if if I have to give you an example, uh, GitHub Copilot is one of the examples where it can generate unit tests for you based on uh, the code you write. So I think that's a, that's a good example of where the, the market or the industry is going. Nice. Um, so I think earlier, Laura was mentioning about the bias in um, AS usage. Yeah. Do you see that having an impact in quality engineering, engineering as well? You, you know, most of the things that you mentioned earlier, it's all technical, so I don't see a reason of, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? AI can do that. That's great. It, it's enhancing our capabilities. Yeah. But do you see bias rolling at play in any of this? Uh, I think there are a few things that we need to take care of. Right? This AI or generative AI uh, is as good as the data it is trained on. So if the data quality is not uh, it's not maintained, if you're not training the AI or training the models with high quality data, you will end up with bad data or you will end up with data that are not useful. So there is some, and if the data is already biased, you will have biased responses. So we can't, just i think that's 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 a big challenge in, in with the current uh, level of the development we cannot just trust what we get out of it we need to make sure that the data going into it is is validated but uh, i'm i'm pretty sure that it's it's biased because of the data that is available for it to be trained um again uh, if, for example another example is if let's say if you're using a tool to generate test scenarios, edge cases, or test data for know, a financial institution or a banking application, you need to train it with relevant data. You cannot just train it with generic data and expect it to give you relevant information. So I think that is also uh, uh, important here. 
it sounds like it changes the way we work, but that would probably also mean upskilling of your teams to you know work with the new tools and AI, right? What do you do there for your teams? Um, so yes, that's. I think uh, so. Uh, whenever I have this discussion about AI taking over jobs, I always think about it as or refer to the industrial revolution that happened. Yes, it did take away jobs. I think there was a mention of this in in all the blogs I read. It did take away jobs, but it created so many new jobs because now people had more time to do interesting stuff. Right. So, and also when I started uh, my career in quality engineering a while ago, automation testing was not as big as it is now. A lot of people were doing manual testing, and people were scared about test checking out automation testing, right? Because it will take away manual testing jobs, but it 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 made everything so much better. Uh, people actually had to upskill. They become more technical. They actually um, started being valued more, right? Because now you have a niche skill set in the industry. You're not just a tester anymore, right? I think AI will play the same part, right? You not you're not just going to use the tool now. You'll start uh, learning new skills to like prompt engineering is an example, right? It's it's not something you can copy paste. You need to know how to prompt it. But that's something that you'll pick up. You'll you'll start uh, training or learning how to train the train the models, right? With the data, right? And and learning how to validate that. Right? That's that's something that I'm not aware of, right? So that's something that I would like to learn. So it will make us better, and it will only make those people better who want to get be part of this journey. Yeah, one of the one of the lenses or mental models that I use to some think about large language models is that they they kind of. They, they very easily produce the kind of like the the average or the boring thought like maybe the the, the, the sorts of things which you know, you would expect to come out of the of of something you know so i've got this feature to tell well it's it's going to it's going to do the the, the kind of it's going to produce you the obvious test cases and then, then scenarios and um and things but i kind of see the that because it can produce like the obvious maybe it's the it's the more new you can actually spend more time on the real value yeah. that it's um bringing so given the same amount of time to work on a problem you can you can you can get anything. I, I, do, I don't know have you got any thoughts on 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 that that kind of that that pattern no it's absolutely true i think uh, it's like taking care of the uh, happy path right it does take care of those happy paths and now you have more time to actually start breaking the system right think about edge cases think about boundary uh analysis right and finding data that can break the system before before this you didn't have much time to do all of this so you will focus on making sure the happy path works the, the sanity is done sanity testing is done but with ai since you get this uh right away where you don't have to spend time on it you can do a bit more investigation actually be uh be curious about how the system behaves try to spend time analyzing other other user behaviors and and, and getting it but uh, at the same time i think you can uh, work with ai to get you those information as well you don't have to like now think about it one of the examples is uh, when i started using chat gpt to uh, uh, to write automated test scripts for uh, a jira scenario or script on a cloud it didn't know it had to go it had to switch to an iframe to actually act on or use the controls or elements on the screen. Uh, it was generating code, but it didn't know that there was an iframe or, or the application was within an iframe. But when I prompted it, 
it 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 actually corrected itself so i think working with ai and and prompting it to uh, maybe go deeper or uh, or go to a specific area i think that will make the entire testing process better or generating scenarios better it, it can't do all of it on its own on its own yeah and it's it's about preparing your team to do that right so going back to my original question about upskilling um i also see that uh, you had another another topic or another um presentation in adaptacon about developing team right probably it all comes together right i mean how do you develop your team to uh, work in this new era of ai and everything else that's happening yeah uh, so um, it, it wasn't really a, a, a talk that i didn't adaptacon uh, so this was more of a, an experiment that uh, we all did about 2 years ago Uh, to see how we can give people some time for self development before that before that uh, whenever i used to have my uh, one to ones with my team they all wanted to focus on personal development they wanted to learn new technology new tool but every single one of them said that time was the biggest factor right because they were always busy uh, helping teams out uh, and helping teams achieve their uh, their goals and which which is fair right and i've been in companies where your bonus or your uh, i don't know salary increments are tied to personal development or objectives and and in those companies it becomes really difficult to achieve anything because you're always doing something so what we did was uh, john was part of that uh, discussion john um, adam was product head of product management that time yari so uh, we got a buy in uh, from the teams to uh, let people use one day a sprint or half a day every week to uh, spend time on things they want to learn it can be anything it 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 wasn't really um, team related right uh, a lot of team adopted that we we ran this for i think for a couple of sprints uh, we have data I, ha- i have a blog or a page somewhere uh, at the end of it we uh, we actually did a survey see how how it was for the people who participated in, in it and also for the teams the teams didn't see any difference in the output uh, the velocity didn't go down they were still being productive they were still achieving uh, getting things done but there was a significant increase in i don't know satisfaction uh, with people who who participated right they were able to uh, focus on things uh, they want to uh, they were able to learn things and at the same time they didn't feel like they were slacking off from work to do something else right now everybody is on the same page they didn't want to they didn't feel um, i don't know um, ashamed to say in the stand up that okay i'm not working on this today because i'm i'm learning something i think that made it easier for people to learn new things uh, this happened 2 years ago and uh, a lot of team a lot of teams are still practicing it uh, at least the quality engineering team is still practicing it uh, and now we we have gone through uh, different technology tools uh, but now we are we are encouraging people to learn about ai how it plays so people are using this time to go do courses and 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 uh, use it uh, use the use things they learn yeah and, and that, i mean it's something that's been picked up by other teams other than you is it to set, set that time aside as, as well which i think is um yeah it's it's really, it's really important i mean and, and it, kind of looping back around to adapticon and that's part of that you know giving giving time for and encouraging that development yep. um is all kind of kind of going to look kind of 
hooped in. But the, the thing that I really liked about the way that you did that was the data driven kind of approach with the with the servers. I think it would have been really easy to go, well, here's yeah. some here's, here's some time. Um yeah, and go, yeah, it's clearly, you know, it's it's better and it had no effect, but actually kind of going through the metrics, I thought that was um yeah, really good approach. I mean if I remember it correctly, I think it was your idea, John, to uh, to run it as an experiment and and have the data to get the buy-in. So I, it, it was not, a good idea. That's not that's not my memory of it. My memory <laughs> is that I thought we we were do, we needed to be an exp- we needed to do an experiment, test test the hypothesis, and it was your data driven approach. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind taking credit for it, to be honest. But <laughs> again, be, be, being in the services side, we actually, I mean, this might be another experiment that we can conduct because it's probably easier on the product side. Again, this might come across as an excuse, right? But on the product side, you're running sprints and you can actually determine what needs to be produced at the end of the sprint. But while working on the services side and Rasmus and Laura can probably attest to it, we work on customer schedules. And most of the time, the biggest problem that we have is, you know, there are deliverables to meet and suddenly something changes, the the pattern changes and we have to act accordingly. So it's always not that easy to you know say that okay hey we are going to keep away one day or half a day because you know that's what the intent but then suddenly something changes and you know everything falls over Uh, but still probably a good experiment to do because you know maybe going back to how we use open air for resource availability we might actually say hey we'll block off certain time every week for this and you know that uh, reduces our resource availability and reduces the capacity uh, and probably we can plan long term based on that might be a good experiment to run one of the things yeah. our team has been doing around that is um we have learning sessions because our team that i'm on has a lot of associates and so we'll we'll just have like an hour time where we all teach each other. And so we spend time learning and preparing for that and teaching each other things. And that helps a little bit. It's not as much as like half a day a week, but it is a little way to work that in on the services side where it's a little more confined. And also another thing we did, uh, so when this person development time uh, was introduced, we didn't have, we didn't really have associates in the team. We, we had experienced people. Over the last year, we have introduced a lot of associates in the team um, who probably need more support with development. Uh, another thing, what we have done is uh, we have uh, uh, we did a weekly one-hour onboarding sessions where we just started building everything together, a pair programming sessions. So everybody was part of it. Everybody was learning together, and what it made was they all formed a bond, a group, uh, and they started working on it together. So they were all learning together, and they were not afraid to ask questions which they felt was not the right or uh, appropriate question to ask between themselves so it made it easier for them to uh, skill up uh, quickly yeah that's a great way to bring new people in and people who are new to the industry um but i appreciate everyone's time today this has been great i've enjoyed this conversation i really enjoy talking about some of these things especially as ai ramps up we all need to increase our skills and get a little bit more proficient so that we can get into those more technical things that AI can't quite reach yet. So uh, thanks for joining us, everyone, to discuss this um, AI and behavior-driven development. And 
I hope that you're enjoying the show. Let us know what you think on social media at Adaptivists. We look forward to keeping this conversation going there. So for Sandesh and Rasmus, John, Jobin, and myself, this has been DevOps Decrypted, part of the Adaptivist Live Podcast Network. 